You are listening to the Call to Action Podcast, where we aim to inspire, educate, and inform entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 45 of the Call to Action podcast. I am your host, Shantae, and today we are having a fireside chat with Don Rivers, who was an entrepreneur and is the founder and owner of Daybreak Yoga Studio. Before I bring our guest on to the show today, I have an inspirational quote that I'd like to share. And here is the inspirational quote for episode 45 of the Call to Action podcast. I invite a new beginning where there is all peace, love, and happiness. I'm going to say that one more time. I invite a new beginning where there is all peace, love, and happiness. I'm sure that can apply to everyone's life. Everyone. I don't think anyone can be excluded from that statement. So I hope you enjoyed that one. And I don't have the author for that one. So we'll put that as author unknown. If you missed episode 44 of the Call to Action podcast, as always, it is a must listen. My guest for that episode is Tiffany C. Lewis, who is an author of seven fiction books, which are mostly crime fiction. And she has been published more than a dozen times in anthologies and magazines. And Tiffany shared a lot of very helpful information that any author can use. I was actually quite impressed with her knowledge, um, specifically when it comes to beta reading. And she shared so much information about that. So Tiffany is definitely an expert in her field. Take a listen to this clip from episode 44 of the Call to Action podcast. Um, A wonderful mentor, uh, Monica Cox. Um, I beta read for her. She encouraged me to like believe that what I was doing was really important and impactful. And I've been beta reading for over 12 years now. And wow. It's, yeah. And like my bio says, like I didn't even realize that at first what I was doing was beta reading. And so over the years of just constantly reading for other people and offering feedback, learning the best way to give feedback has created what I do now. And so when I worked with Monica, she just said, you need to give this information, you know, to more people. And my thing about beta reading is I believe in the volunteerism of it. Again. You can hear the full episode on ctamarketing.biz. When you're there, click on podcast on the main menu to access that episode as well as previous episodes. As mentioned in the intro, I have Dawn Rivers on the show, and she is the founder and owner of Daybreak Yoga Studio, which is located in Bedford, Ohio, where she and her team hold daily classes, yoga teacher training, workshops, and events. She hosts yoga retreats in Ohio and Puerto Rico. And this year, her collective, Yogis of Color, is having their first annual yoga festival. And Dawn is going to share more information about all that she's done, including her upcoming conference in the show. So everyone, please join me in welcoming Dawn to the show today. So Dawn, welcome to the Call to Action podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I am great. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited about our chats. Um, and then we're going to have a good time. All right. So, Don, let me ask you this. You know, before um, I start my show with the guests, I break them in with an icebreaker. So, I have one for you. And the one we have is Have you ever been told that you look like a celebrity? And if so, which celebrity was it? So, the answer is yes. And before I get started, I'm going to tell you a story to lead up to create some anticipation. Okay. (laughs) Um, So when I was in high school, I had a favorite singer. Um, She had just released like her debut album. She came to Cleveland, Ohio to what was called the Front Row, which was a circular stage venue. And the stage kind of like spun spun around, spun around. Turned around, that's what we'll say. It rotated, that would be the right right word. It rotated around. So no matter where you sat in the space at the venue, you had a perfect seat. So I took my mom, my best friend, took her mom. All of our birthdays were in September. It was a great time. 
Um, I forgot to mention this. So years later, I was in, um, what do you call it? Lip syncing contest at the high school that I attended. And I lip synced one of her songs. When I was in Japan, people would say, has anybody ever said you look like? And folks would say this to me all the time. So the person is Whitney Houston. She was my mm. idol. I loved her to, to like no end. And um, when I was in Japan, they said, Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston? In New York City, I was with a friend at a restaurant and this bartender says, has anybody ever told you that you look like Whitney Houston? And my friend was cracking up because she knows we went to high school together. And whenever something comes out still to this day about Whitney Houston, she'll send me info information. She'll say, did you watch this? Did you see that? So <laughs> it was my idol and I'm sad to see her go. And I would always say I look like pre-crack Whitney because she changed after the drug abuse, which is so sad. Yeah, but uh, she was definitely, definitely talented. She's actually one of my favorites as well. So we will definitely remember Whitney through her her music and her talent and all the great things and acting. She did movies too. She did. I, she oh, did Bodyguard. I, the Bodyguard was my absolute favorite. I used to have it on VHS tape. Um, HS? Wait, you say VHS? I, I did. I did. Okay, I'm that, that years old. Um, the Bodyguard, Waiting to Exhale, The Preacher's Wife, those were amazing movies. They were. Yes, yes. Anyway. We'll miss Whitney. We'll definitely miss her. Mm. Okay, so now, now that we've talked about uh, your celebrity status and who you look like as a celebrity... <laughs> I want to talk more about um, your yoga practice and daybreak yoga. I want to know, like, let's start with this. First of all, how'd you get started into yoga? Give, okay. give us the background on that. The background is this. In 1999, when I was a wee young woman, <laughs> um, I found a VHS tape at the public library of Rodney Yee. I call him the OG, the old gangster of yoga. And actually, Rodney Yee comes to Yoga on High all the time. He's had a long-standing relationship with them. He's a global yoga teacher. And my, my life was stressed out. I was not happy in my marriage. It was a lot of things going on. So I heard, as many people do, yoga is good for stress. And I was like, well, let me try this out. Popped in the tape. Rodney's like sitting in this field of grass. And he's breathing easily. And the yoga practice, the, the asana or the, the postures, it was an easy flow. And I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. I did that for a couple of years. At the time, I was a school librarian. We had, um, what is it called? A corporate account. Some teachers had a corporate account with a local gym, giving you a discount. So I said, okay, I'm going to go practice yoga with some people at a gym. This is my first time practicing in person. I really enjoyed it. I did that for maybe three years or so. And then there was this new phenomenon called hot yoga. And hmm. I saw a postcard at a local restaurant or a delicatessen saying one week of yoga for like $15. And I was like, I'll go during spring break. I go to this first class. It was intermediate. And I said, well, I've been doing yoga for like five years now. I'm intermediate. Mm -hmm. I go in there. These people were levitating and floating and jumping up into handstands and doing stuff I'd never seen before. I grabbed my yoga mat and almost ran out of the door. Wait, that wasn't a hot yoga class? I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> so she's still my teacher, my friend to this day. And she was like, it's okay. So I always remember what it's like going into a space that's intimidating. Yeah, yeah. She helped me stay. So no, wait, I Don, let me, let me ask you. Hold on. Was that the hot yoga class? They were in there flipping and doing handstands and oh, stuff? absolutely. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I stayed and I, I did yoga for that week. I went every single day. I would take the owner's class. We called her the Taminator because she was hard. It would be 90 minutes, 90 degrees. I would come home and sleep for two and a half hours. Wow. I was whipped out, but I loved it, Shantae. I loved it. And um, that summer they had one of those like summer deals for $99, six weeks. I was off in the summer, school librarian. I practiced two to three times a day sometimes. 
Wow. Yeah, I would do one or two classes in the morning and one or two in the evening, depending on what was going on. By the end of the summer, they were like, hey, we are looking for karma yogis, which means that you could get free yoga if you clean the studio, the bathroom, help some teachers out. I was like, oh, yeah. So I did that <laughs> on Saturday mornings, Friday nights, and maybe another time during the week so I could have free yoga. I did that for three years. Mm -hmm. um, for five years, I was a, a desk yogi. So I checked people in. I got paid and I got free yoga. So I still worked full time. I would work on the weekends at the yoga studio and twice evenings. I needed the yoga so desperately. Wow. So maybe about two or three years into me working as a desk person, I had seen many people training. And I was like, I think I want to be a yoga teacher. And one of my managers said, we know we've just been waiting for you to decide. And I was like, wait, what? You see me as a yoga teacher? <laughs> somebody see something in you that you kind of think like, maybe I could do this. And they believed in me. So in 2012, I signed up for yoga teacher training that started that January. At the time, I was going through a divorce. So by the time yoga teacher training started, my divorce was ending. And a lot of people say that yoga helps you through these transitions. So I was doing a lot of the work, as we say in quotations, mm -hmm. to bring myself into like a space of more calm and happiness and peacefulness and finding myself. Then during yoga teacher training, which was five months, 200 hours, by the end, we had to write our goals. What did we want to do in one year, five years, 10 years? And I was like, well, I want to work at this studio and teach yoga. I want to do this and this and this. And I said, I want to open up my own yoga studio in five years. I was thinking, I want to call it Daybreak Yoga. I used to have a slight side hustle called Daybreak Services, where I would help people write papers and edit them because I was a librarian. I would do research. So this idea was to incorporate my journey, my spiritual path into yoga. And I wrote that down. And um, in five years, didn't even realize it because I had forgotten I opened up my yoga studio in 2018. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That just goes to show the power, like when you set yes. your mind to something that you can achieve it. I love hearing stories like that. To me, those that's inspiration right there. That so, is inspiration. This is the thing that people don't understand because I didn't say this part. After I graduated, I had private clients come into my apartment. I taught yoga at the YMCA all over greater Cleveland, Northeast Ohio. I did any kind of um, corporate thing, wherever I could teach yoga, I did it. I taught and taught. I used Facebook to promote myself. This was back in the day when people would put flyers on cars. I put flyers on cars. I put um, uh, things in restaurants, at boutiques, in um, grocery stores. I posted anything I could physically everywhere. So it wasn't just like I said I wanted to have it happen. I did the work. So in order to manifest, you have to put the work in. You have to prepare yourself. And then when the opportunity comes, you're ready for it. So I did that. I taught yoga at the schools for the kids, for our teachers and our staff. I taught yoga at any place that somebody was like, hey, Dawn, can you come here? I sure did. <laughs> That's that I like the idea of teaching it to the kids in schools. I think that would be very helpful. I wonder, do you do that now? I do. Or um, do? Yeah, okay. we, I have a current contract right now with um, actually it's at two Cleveland school districts um, schools, but it's through a third party. So the third party hired me um, to come in. We've done yoga for other schools Cleveland schools, as well as a charter school I've done. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys, have you tr like tracked like the, um, I know there's like tons of benefits and I'm going to, I want you to touch on that as well, but I'm interested in working with the kids, like what you're doing with that. So are you all tracking like any behavioral changes that happened as a result of you going in there and teaching the kids? No, yoga? there's no like actual empirical data that we do um, because we're there once a week. Oh, okay. And okay. so for this current contract, we're there for a semester. So it, I'm seeing the difference. At first we had different kids that would pop in and pop out, but the coordinator at the schools finally said, no, we're going to stick 
with this one set of kids. And I was like, in order for something to happen, you need to do that. They can't come in and come out and and think that one day a week is going to change them. The interesting thing is at a second school that I'm at, uh, I have second and first and second grade or second and third grade, second and third graders. They know exactly what we're doing. I have a whole curriculum because I did training for preschool through through fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth and fifth grade through eighth grade and then high school. So I have um, training for all ages of students, all ages of children. I love that. Because they need different things. So anyway, this the teachers that stay after school, um, the classroom teachers, they were like, oh, my gosh. And the coordinator at the school, she said, wow, you're really good at this. Those kids love it. And I was like, well, because I have structure and most kids want structure mm-hmm. and then we still play and have fun and we have a theme, we do affirmations, we do meditation, we do breathing, we do some physical asana practice and they okay, share hold on. Their- you got to define those terms. What do you, what's physical? What's it called? So, physical, like so yoga doesn't mean just moving your body. Yoga is an ethical lifestyle. Okay. So yoga is breathing. Yoga is meditation. Yoga are the poses or physical postures. Yoga is mindfulness. Yoga is vibrating higher. Yoga is eating differently, yoga, speaking differently, yoga is all of that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's who you become. And okay. I, I, so I use each letter in yoga as um, a way to express what yoga is overall. We say it's your own growing awareness for Y-O-G-A. The more you practice yoga, you become more aware of who you are mm-hmm. and what you no longer want to do, uh, what you do want to do, the people in your life. Um, you know, like as you start to heal yourself, because most people have some type of trauma or tragedy that's happened in their lives and we can get stuck. So in yoga, they call those samskaras. Uh, think about when you are driving in the snow and maybe you went off and got into the grass a little bit. And your car spins in that muddy, snowy, grassy part. And you can't get yourself out without some help, some salt or sand under the tire or somebody pushing your car. So that rut is a samskara. We might get stuck in a rut and not know how to get out. Yoga with your affirmations, with your breathing, with your meditation, with your surrendering will help you get out of that rut. Very so good. Most, you're teaching the kids most, that. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. Huh? And you're teaching the kids like all of that. Like you said, you have. Oh, yeah. yeah. And grown ups. Wow. Adults need this too because adults have more to unpack. Mm-hmm. Right now, if we start teaching students as a as young as ages three and four years old, this, these practices will have more love in our community by the time they become adults. Yes. Yes. Less injuries, less stress in their bodies that cause heart attacks and, you know, cancer, all these things. We can heal ourselves if we go back to the basics of eating right, drinking a lot of water, going to bed on time, reducing our electronic input from social media and everything, computers, all of that. But you, I'm sorry, I went on a tangent. <laughs> no, I I love that. I love the idea. It's just you're talking about helping the children and which makes, you know, like you say, healthier people, not just physically healthy. Because just so you know, like for yoga, until you explain the different aspects, I was only familiar with the poses and the breathing and the mindfulness. But um, when you're talking about eating right, like it's, it is really a holistic way of life, which totally yes. makes sense to me. It totally does. And I like the fact that you're introducing that to children at such a young age because they're going to go and tell their parents about it. They're going to tell their their family. Like, you know, kids like to show what they know. And they're like, look what I can do, you know? And then that's going to get the parents and and the other adults around them interested. So I think that is awesome. So yes, that's really good. Um, But I do want to ask about the benefits of yoga. So 
give us and talk to us like we know nothing about it, but give us the, okay. the benefits of yoga because you're saying terms. I'm like, wait, wait, go back. <laughs> there so, yes. are so many benefits. First of all, we know that it will help with flexibility and flexibility is a great thing because when your muscles are tight, it's hard to move around. So, yeah. Uh, however, you don't need to be able to touch your toes to do yoga. Yoga, there's all kinds of forms of yoga. So there's power yoga, there's vinyasa yoga, there's anusara yoga, there's Mysore, there's Jiva Mukti. There's all these different things from different parts of India, which is the kind of yoga that I practice. There's even Kemetic yoga okay. that came from ancient um, Egyptian hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. There's the baseline Hatha yoga that most people know. So we have like this physical practice, but yoga is also studying. So they're called eight limbs of yoga. And one of the limbs of the yoga is our yamas and niyamas. So this ethical practice of how you place yourself in the world. When you're studying and learning, it's self-improvement. Self-help books are a billion dollar industry. Most mm -hmm. of us are trying to figure out what can I do? What can I do? So in yoga as a, a philosophical um, study, you're, you're learning what are the, known as the yoga sutras, Patanjali or the Upanishads, and they can go with any religion or any um, kind of ethical or moral practice that you study. So yoga is going to be flexible for the body, for your mind, intellectually, for your emotions for your spirit. Yoga as a physical practice is really good for posture. Most of us don't have great posture. We're leaning over computers. It helps us have a tall, straight spine. So our head is stacked over our heart, stacked over our hips. As we get older, we have poor posture. We lean forward. When you lean forward, your head, head is heavy. You fall down, you can break a bone, and then you need replacements of hips or whatever. So yoga helps with that. Mm. Yoga is good to bring your blood pressure down. It's good for um, for uh, arthritis and other aches and pains in the body. It helps relief, release and relief the body of tension and stress. I mean, it's it's there's tons of benefits and it's ancient. It's been around for thousands of years. First, as a practice of sitting in stillness. So yogis were mostly um, monks or people who could take themselves away and renounce their family and they could study and sit with a teacher known as a guru and practice by um, talking of what is, you know, like what is life about? How can I be a better person? And then they added in the physical aspects of yoga poses so the body could be still. Because it's mm. hard to sit still and cross legs and listening. So if you move your body, you get some of that, what's, what we call vrittis, this, this movement of the mind and the body to settle it down. So you can sit in stillness to learn and then as well as to meditate. And the meditation, there's more evidence that meditation is good for both the mind and the brain, which are kind of two separate things. It's good for releasing trauma in your memories it helps you stay more focused when it comes to tasks. It helps us when we're studying for examinations. It helps us to have um, better memory overall, to recall things in the past. Mindfulness goes on and on and on with benefits. So this practice has been proven. Then there's a sister science to yoga called Ayurveda. Ayurveda is a practice of doing things in a systematic way of eating based on what are called your doshas or your constitution. So how your body is set up, um, its shape, its size, uh, your energy level, if you're, if you're more relaxed or if you're more um, energetic, you might have to balance that out with certain foods and certain um, things that you do, how you eat, how you sleep, how you interact. Um, so that sister science paired with your physical practice helps balance out your mind, body, and spirit. So you might be somebody who generally likes to eat heavy foods, but the heavier foods that you eat, it slows you down and you feel more lethargic where you might need to eat lighter foods to bring you up, to have more energy so you can be more productive. That could be the science of it. It also has to do with 
how you drink water, how you clean your teeth, how you go to the bathroom, all this kind of stuff. That's interesting. So how does cleaning your teeth, like the, the process or you mean yeah, like? Yeah, well, um, so for example, when you brush your teeth, you're only supposed to brush your teeth, not looking at your social media, listening to something on the phone. You brush it with intention so you actually clean your teeth. So you start oh, okay. So you're like more on the side of being mindful of what you're doing, like it being is, in the moment. No, no, it's specific too. So you start by cleaning your tongue. You scrape your tongue with a tongue scraper. Mm, okay. Because we have lots of junk on our tongue, mm-hmm. cleaning it out, um, you know, cleaning between the teeth, flossing or whatever. Some practices even say putting coconut oil on your gums to help pull more toxins out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've heard of that. And yeah. Rinsing and gargling and spitting it out. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's a whole thing, even cleaning your nostrils with a neti pot. So you get this ear, nose, throat thing. Um, doing what is called uh, dry brushing to help the lymphatic system remove any toxins and drain out of your body. So it's very, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's specific routines that you do as long as you, you're alive to, to keep <laughs> healthy. Don't stop doing it. It's like, oh, I did this for 21 days. I'm good. No, it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, I'm glad you clarified that. But no, that definitely does make sense. Um, and doing things with intention and yes. being mindful and in the moment. And yeah, the the phones and the social media and just getting rid of that distraction, that alone can really make a difference in, I think, in anybody's life and what they're doing if they can just step away from that. Um, just because of the, all the messages that are, you know, thrown into the pot of social media and television and, and news and things like that. So well, absolutely. But if you think yeah. about it, if you're brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. you're rushing. Most of us rush and we we don't take the two minutes or four minutes to actually brush each tooth. Right? Right. He's like, I don't have four minutes. I don't have two minutes. So you quickly brush and then you leave. Yeah. And your teeth are a part of the digestive system. Your teeth are a part of your overall health. So when our teeth aren't healthy, we can have a plethora of problems because because of pain, because of missing teeth, because of gum disease, all of this stuff that we take for granted. Instead of maybe getting up a little earlier and setting more time to brush our teeth thoroughly, clean the tongue, floss, gargle, whatever you do. Take that time out. It's four minutes. Four minutes is worth you not losing your teeth. Right, right. Not to mention, you want to have healthy teeth because that aids in digestion. And that brings in a whole nother set of problems. If you have digestive issues, you can pretty much hang it up. (laughs) I mean, you know, dramatic sense. But yeah, I mean, you definitely know. That makes sense, Don. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm getting off my soapbox. I'm going to step down. No, no, this is this is good because I mean, just something we took something as simple as brushing your teeth, and now I got a whole different picture yeah, of how it ties into yoga just because of what you were saying. So, no, that's that was yoga. that was good. Yeah, yoga is really about taking time. That's why I say your own growing awareness. It's about you, so you become more aware of like, did I brush my teeth good? They feel a little filmy right now. That's being more aware. Did I actually pause and sit down and drink this water? Being more aware. Did I take time to read a book today? More aware. Did I take time to spend, um, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes asking my family what they did today? That's awareness. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. yoga. Yeah. Wow. Makes sense. It definitely makes sense to me. So another question I have yes. is... Like if someone's just getting started, like, you know, just someone who's never done it. um, And what would you recommend? It's like a good starting point for someone who is totally brand new to the idea of yoga. Okay. I have like four things. (laughs) (laughs) First is to change what you think yoga is. Most people think they cannot do yoga. They think it's hard. They see these images, which social media has not helped, 
of skinny people tying themselves in knots. That is one aspect of yoga, but yoga doesn't mean that you ever have to be in this space of um, crazy postures. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that everybody, meaning your shape, your size, your age can do yoga. And yoga might be new. So I try to say, it's not hard, it's new. And anything that we do that's new, there's a, an element of a challenge in it. But we have to be open-minded to try it. The first thing is to practice breathing. Most people breathe in short, um, eradicated sometimes breaths instead of elongating their breath, slowing it down, controlling it. So filling the breath up deeply, that's part of the uh, yoga practice. We call it pranayama. So learning how to do different breathing techniques. The second is if you can only do one thing a day, stand up and fold, reaching your fingers down towards your toes. Okay. Just like stand straight up and just kind of just bend over. Just bend over. Okay. Just bend over. And then stand straight up and reach your arms to the sky. Stretch okay. tall to the sky and then do it again. Fold over and reach down to your toes. That's a yoga practice right there. That's simple. So it's, yeah. It's simple, but it will change your body. It'll change your posture. It'll help release some of the tension in your hamstrings because you and I are both sitting down right now in front of a computer. Yes, we are. Which is usually done like all day. All day, all day. <laughs> yeah. Hamstring stretching will release any tension in the lower back. A lot of people have lower back issues. When we fold, it's called an inversion. We bring blood to our brain. It cools the brain down so the brain can actually function better. It helps release any of the, the tightness of a headache and it helps the blood flow. So we have more circulation to keep any issues from like strokes happening or aneurysms by moving the blood around. When you raise your arms up, it brings a heart rate up because it requires a heart to beat a little bit harder to bring the um, that energy, that blood flow to the fingertips. So right there. Then the last thing is to drink water. <laughs> not water, not, not with bubbles and just get you some good spring water. And drink the whole glass a few times a day because mm -hmm. you're flushing your system. Your body needs the oxygen from the water. Your body needs the water to, um, to move around the digestion, to go into the cells because the cells are mostly water, to pick up some of those uh, toxins and, and uh, eliminate it out of the system through, you know, through going to the bathroom. Right, right. Yep, and that's yoga. See, that's so simple breathing. enough. Yeah. First breathing. of all, get your mind right. Get your mind right. Mm -hmm. Get the mind breathe. right. Okay. <laughs> breathe. Stand mm -hmm. up and bend down and touch your toes. If you can't all the way touch them, that's okay. And then drink water. That's very good because, yeah, for someone who doesn't know or may have reservations because of something they were taught, you know, from growing up. But now it's like there's nothing else tied to it. There's no religion or anything. Anybody no, can do this. It's not a religion. Yes. It's not. It's a lifestyle. It's a philosophy. Mm -hmm. Now, people in India who practice Hinduism, some of those people have practiced yoga. And yoga has been aligned to that because that's their major religion. So Hinduism is really no different than Islam, than um, Christianity. They also believe in a God. The Hinduism practice of mythology, as I said, has many gods, but those many gods are really just one God. The many gods represent the different personalities of God and the people wanted to have that God look like themselves. So just like the images of Jesus looks like Jesus is from um, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. But if you have, uh, if maybe if you live in Africa and parts of Africa, you might paint Jesus black looking like you. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in, in, in um, maybe in Japan, maybe Jesus looks more Japanese. Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing. So they still have 
their representation. The language is Sanskrit that goes with yoga, which doesn't mean that you're saying words that are, are demonic or evil. It's just as if you were to study Spanish or French and you never spoke it before, you have to learn a new language. You don't really know what you're saying. You have to trust the teacher telling you the, those words. Same thing in yoga. So you trust the teacher and thousands of years of people saying the same things. If you don't want to say them, you don't have to say them. It doesn't evoke anything religious. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is aligning you with a, a divine higher power if you choose to do that. Yeah, that's that's cool. I like how you put that. And I like how you um, gave the the four basic you know, introductory steps mm-hmm. on how to do it and how just to get involved. So just to me, for people that leaves no excuse, you know, um, anybody can do it, any anybody age. Can. And it doesn't yes. matter if you're like super fit or not, you know, everyone can stand up, you know, and bend over and but breathe. You know and- okay. the, the other thing, like I said this morning when I was at doing a class at an event mm-hmm. is yoga is, for the style of yoga that I teach there's, there's no high impact. So your joints are are not going to get smashed down. Right. Mm -hmm. We, when we do, um, kickboxing and step and running and CrossFit, there's high impact in that. And over time it can cause some issues with your connective tissue, like your joints, your cartilage, your ligaments, your tendons. Um, but in yoga, if we practice it, correctly and properly, we have less issues with this um, uh, deterioration of the connective tissue. I'm not saying it's impossible for it to happen. You can still get injured for sure. Mm-hmm. But most people who practice yoga continue to be safe. And no matter what your body shape or size is, you can still move to your degree and get the benefits. It's never about losing weight. Right. You know, you don't have thanks to, to like, social media. That's usually what you tend to see, I like know, you were saying before. Right. Which is misleading. And that's one of those things, too. It's like I'm always, you know, I would tell anyone, do your own research. But I'm glad I have you here to explain what you're explaining, because, first of all, you have a lot more experience than I do in yoga. <laughs> but I just <laughs> but what you're what you're sharing is very valuable. So go yeah, ahead. I mean, it's, cut you about <laughs> it's really about maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And some of these old gurus who studied a hundred years ago under original teachers in India before it came to the West, those people lived a long time. Mm. They lived to their 80s and 90s and they still practice yoga every day. You can't say that about every other type of physical activity. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because it's like, oh, this hurt, or I broke this, or you know, I had a knee replacement. Those kind of things. Yeah, like what you hear with high impact sports, like football, for example. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. However, more and more professional sports are incorporating yoga. That's great. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is great. That is great. So, and I have another question for you. Um, yeah. I see that you do yoga teacher training i do okay so how does one get involved with yoga teacher training from don um so right now our our system is in person but hybrid so i don't have a fully online yoga um, session yet i'm still debating on if i want to do that so right now i have eight um, individuals all people of color in my yoga teacher training they come And we train on weekends, two to three weekends a month for about almost five months. They will do some some things with me in person. Then we have lunch and then they come online. Uh, They learn so much stuff. We learn about anatomy, history, philosophy, how to teach, how to move your body, how to find your voice, how to speak into a student's life. They practice, 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 and then they show me what they learn. So in order for um, somebody to to apply, 
they we have an application on our website. I usually do an interview because just because you want to do it doesn't mean that necessarily we vibe, right? Right, right. We have energy that might you know be different than someone else. And if we all connect and we work, then they're accepted into my training, and um, we spend two hundred hours together. Wow, two hundred hours. That's why you say three to four weekends a month, and then for five months, three, three weekends a month. Two okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh huh, and it's. Uh, they they have their own bond. So this cohort, they're so lovely and they're really starting to connect. We have a training this weekend. It'll be their third weekend together. Um, the last, this is my fourth cohort. The first ones, um, the first one that I ever did was right at the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't know the pandemic was coming. We were so wow. excited, like, yeah, we're doing this. Um, and then March, 2019, 20, sorry, 20, March, 2020, I had to close the studio and we went entirely virtual. I, at the time we were all in studio. There was no virtual element and I didn't have any like virtual presence, really. No classes were taught online. No workshops were taught online. I didn't know what I was doing. And then we all had to learn. But the greatest part about that is that first cohort, they learned how to be teachers online right away. Well, yeah, yeah. They're kind of just good. kind of thrown into it, huh? You yeah. were too. <laughs> they did. So it was yeah. Um, and they did very well. So I had uh, seven people in that training. Um, and then the next training I had, I had six, but one person passed away. Oh, this okay. past training I had four, but we had a flood in the yoga studio. Seems like we've had something every single time. I'm praying for this current cohort that nothing happens. <laughs> I'm sure you all will be fine. And everything, everyone will be intact. Yes, yes, definitely. Wow. Okay, so now tell us about your yoga retreats. I want to hear about the ones in Puerto Rico. Like, how did oh, you get man. started doing those? So, you know, this is my story. I Because I, I practiced at that yoga studio I mentioned, the hot yoga studio, power yoga hot studio for 10 years almost. Mm -hmm. And I was one of very few people of color, or I should say a black woman that practiced there because back in the early 2000s, I had a relaxer and then I let go of the relaxer. And then I had like the press and curl or, you know, like the silk press. Mm -hmm. So if, the, if it's 90 degrees in there, I'm sweating out my hair. Oh, it's all natural, honey. <laughs> It's going right back. Thing yet, so it's like oh, a lot of black women weren't coming through. They were like, "It's hot in here. I'll sweat my hair out. I don't want to do it." And um, so I was kind of like alone. I would see white women going to Tulum and on these yoga retreats in beautiful places around the world in February, and I was like, "I can't do that. I have a full time job. I don't know how that's going to work. All this kind of stuff." Mm -hmm. So then once I started to create Daybreak Yoga, I saw um, Instagram was starting to pop up and I started to look for other yogis that look like me. I said, where are the men and women who are black and brown in the United States and around the world? So I started to find people, find people. And I found a woman, her name is Octavia Rahim down in Atlanta. She was having a women of color yoga retreat. And it was during my birthday month called Dawn Timber. Oh, so I'm going to spend Dawn Timber with her and these other people. I went down there, didn't know anybody. And there were mostly women from Atlanta, but there were some women from California, Chicago, Charlotte, New York. And I was like, whoa, we don't have anything like this up in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I created it. So I had a women of color yoga retreat in 2018, had one in 2019, had to pause it in 2020, had one in 2021, and then we're going to have one in 2022. So the Women of Color Yoga Retreat is in Ohio. We have a space down in Peebles, Ohio, which is southeast in the Appalachian Hills. There's a whole beautiful space. It's called Hope Springs Institute, where we have a yoga space, a meditation room, um, cabins, as well as a farmhouse Mm. They make delicious food for us. It's quiet. There's a labyrinth. There's acres and acres of land to hike. Um, there's a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So we do that one. That's in September. That would be or also known as Dawn Timber. Right. I see now. Yeah, Dawn Timber. <laughs> that will be September, uh, Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. Then this year, I'm having my first all-person retreat through Daybreak Yoga. It's called um, Surrender and Receive. And that's in a space about an hour from downtown Cleveland going west, kind of near Cedar Point. Okay. This one, I've, I've collected some friends to work with me. So I have a keynote speaker who's going to talk about the um, power of surrender. I have an artist who's going to do um, a collective group activity, doing art to help you surrender, to receive. One of my team members is going to be playing her crystal singing bowls, as well as she has like a xylophone and chimes, all this kind of stuff. Oh, that sounds calming already. Just you saying that, I just feel chills. (laughs) To help us surrender yoga every day. So it's on a farm. It's called the Bellwether Farm. The food is amazing. So it's farm to table because the farm is right out there. I want to say it's it's the Episcopal Diocese of Northeast Ohio, something like that. Okay. Lonnie, Chef Lonnie. He prepared amazing food. I don't eat meat, but I was never hungry. He prepared special stuff just for my dietary um, restrictions. Nice. That's always good. You know what they tend to do when we do events? My husband and I go on business Mm -hmm. trips and you tell them you don't eat meat. They'll give you like a plate of like iceberg. I'm like, exactly. That is not a meal. No. Right. It was so good, Shantae. It was so flavor. (laughs) Because he he's a black man. He knew how to put some seasoning in that stuff. It was delicious. And some people had lamb and they said it was the most tender lamb because it comes from the farm. The chickens from the farm. Yeah. Uh, the pigs from the farm. Everything from the farm right there. So it's delicious. You know, it's funny. It's like so different. Like when you get food, even from your garden, Uh like when you're growing Uh veggies in your garden versus what you get from the grocery store, like the flavor from the garden vegetables is so real and so delicious. Like I just love going out, grabbing some veggies and making a salad. To me, it's like the best thing in the summer. I love that. I love it. He does it seasonally. So whatever is in season, I think he said, between he and the farmer, they plan all the meals. And when I was there for this other retreat, I was there for four days. And I want to say maybe it was 15 people. Mm-hmm. They spent maybe $200 outside of the farm for the food. That's it. Wow. They waste not. That's good. It is. Okay. That's so good. that's that's in May. Okay. That'll be May 13th, 14th, and 15th. In 2021, I can't remember what, um, I call this the pandemic plus plus. What year of the pandemic are we in? So in 2021, I went down to Puerto Rico for the first time, fell in love with it. I went for a birthday kind of celebration for a friend. And then I went down for Dawn Timber mm-hmm. for my own birthday. And I was like, so when I was at the, the retreat in, in Ohio, I was like, I want to have a yoga retreat kind of international. And I started to look in Puerto Rico, was talking to some people online and found this place is called Casa Alternavadad. It's it's like the house, the alternative house in England. So I went down there by myself, driving through the rainforest, found this place. And I was like, oh, oh." it's beautiful. I'm assuming. (laughs) I can't. Yes. Too bad you can't see my face. Right. It's behind this wall. It's very secure and safe. This man named Yancey bought this gutted out structure and built it from the ground up. So it is white, clean, pristine. Every single room has artwork or murals painting on the painted on the wall by a local muralist who's Puerto Rican during the pandemic, she was out of work. So he hired her and she came and painted. So there'd be like the flowers, the animals, the different things from the Puerto Rican rainforest on these walls. Every single room has its own theme with color schemes, the bedding, it could be a canopy bed, uh, the mural, I mean, the the bureaus, the, the Chester drawers, everything, bathroom. It was gorgeous. Wow. They that make sounds the nice. Food right there. So we get all of our meals served. 
there's a rooftop. We'll, we'll do yoga. When you're on the rooftop, you can see the rainforest in the distance, which is not far. You can see the mountains. You can see the beach. Every single person who comes to the retreat will get a massage. We're, we're going on a, uh, an adventure in the rainforest and learning about um, this beautiful, magical space. We go through what he calls the womb. So everybody will be rebirthed in this process. If you want to jump into the water and go through the waterfalls, we'll do that. We're even having a ceremony on the beach in the ocean because the ocean is healing. And especially as people of color whose, whose ancestors came from Africa during you know the transatlantic um, slave trade, there's trauma there. So yeah. it's like releasing the trauma back to the water and embracing this healing and acceptance of where we are to reestablish ourselves. So I call this wow. one awakening the light within. We're awakening our sense of smell, sight, touch, taste, everything, because it is just like, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's a magical experience. When I was there, cause I was by myself, I felt safe. I felt comfortable. I spent like three or four hours talking to this man, looking at this resort, thinking like, it, it's amazing. It's, I need people to see this. It will transform you. So everything is included except for your flight. Going to Puerto Rico from the United States is one of the easiest ways to travel because it's an American territory. You don't have to worry about customs. You don't have to worry about uh, money exchange because it's the American dollar down there. Okay. Um, right. And most people will are bilingual, so they speak Spanish and English. They're happy to have us because it's a tourist uh, economy. So they mm-hmm. need the tourists to come down. Um, and so we have space for seven more people. Everything, like I said, is included. It's June 9th through 13th. So Thursday through Monday, they're going to pick us up from the airport. Um, you'll see the beauty of San Juan, which is one of their major cities. And we'll go through that on our way from San Juan to the resort on the cusp of the rainforest. And yeah. That sounds very nice. Very, very nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very nice. So um, after my next question, I'm going to have you leave contact information okay. and then also email it to me so I can put it on the website as well so that sure. people can know how to contact you. Um, but thank you for sharing that because that, that sounds really, really nice. Is it a couples or is it just like for singles or does it matter? It does not matter. So we have what are called single and shared rooms. A shared room means that each person pays um, for that room and might have two uh, full-size beds in them where a single room is just going to have one bed. So if it's two people who are a couple in a single room, they both have to pay because the payment is for the experience as well as the room, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just like if you went on to, what's it called? Uh, Like... Uh, a holiday at one of the resorts like Sandals, you everybody has to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing there. Okay, okay, cool. So, um, I have like a, a totally entrepreneur related question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So really I like talked about the whole entrepreneur like thing thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what I wanted to know is, um, you've been doing this for how many years? At, like on your own, having your um, Okay. Well, right. So I was a school librarian for 20 years. I actually resigned in 2019. I opened my studio, like I said, in 2018. I worked my full-time job. I would get up in the morning, do administrative work, go work full-time at the school library, teach yoga at the school, come home, Maybe not. I didn't come home. I went straight to the yoga studio. <laughs> I was gonna say, why I'm trying to say that. Right. Two more classes at the yoga studio. So at the time, I had two other teachers and then a sub. So mostly it was me teaching. I was exhausted, but I knew that I had to learn how to be an entrepreneur. I was in uh, some entrepreneur kind of groups up in Northeast Ohio called Jumpstart. Mm-hmm. Um, the Urban League. We have a women's business center here. I think it might be down in Columbus too. I was a part of that. I did some stuff with the Hispanics Business Center. Anybody who was willing to teach me about entrepreneurship, I signed up for a class, a course, a training. Um, I was coached by people. One of my coaches 
he lived in California. And this is funny because Zoom has been around, but nobody used Zoom back then. So we had phone calls for our group session and it would be at 10 o'clock at night after I've been up all day. Oh no. I But I, Shante, I was hungry. Yeah. I would do this, this coaching for six weeks with him and then do some more coaching. I was doing my advanced yoga teacher training in Washington, D.C. So I would drive to D.C. once a month for 10 months. Oh my God. All this during my full-time job because I needed to learn how to do it. And then I resigned in 2019, September 2019. I didn't go back for that school district, uh, school year. Mm-hmm. 2020, the pandemic happened. And I was like, Jesus, I thought you said I could quit my job. <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, were you like at that moment when you decided to stop working? Was it like excitement or fear or a combination of the two? Combination. Um, I had turned 50 and I had 50 things by my 50th year that I was doing. And one of them was to quit my job. Okay. when, When you become an entrepreneur and you know you're ready, I did more like every during breaks between classes, during lunch. Any time that I had, I was working on my business. Oh, I yeah. My, mm-hmm. my MacBook next to my, my desktop, and I was working on my business. I would do webinars during lunch. I would do online trainings during lunch. It was time to go. Yeah. Yeah. You were already mentally gone. You were already into your new business. Gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, now, as far as marketing your business... Currently, I know back in the day, you said you did flyers. I still did. (laughs) So so now, what have you found um, that works? So, you know, if you were to tell another entrepreneur, like, okay, I have a yoga studio. This is what I I do to market my business. Like, share with us something like that. I am still learning because I am an older generational person. Things are not inherently fast for me. Um, My main medium is Instagram. And I have no, gotten a lot of people from Instagram. Facebook tends to, to change. People support me on Facebook, but they don't they don't purchase from me. They support me as Dawn. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily support Daybreak. But yes, we have websites. I have a Dawn and Rivers website. I have a Yogis of Color website. I have a Daybreak Yoga website. So I have three of them. And I have three pages on Instagram and three pages on Facebook. Because Facebook owns Instagram. You have yes. to do them together. <laughs> right. So when I first started, before I opened up Daybreak, I rented a space in the back of a martial arts studio. And I used Facebook events to promote myself. And that's how I got clients. Okay. It's so that's a form of marketing, Don. You do know that, right? What you're I doing is... It. But yeah. it's changed. That was back in 2017. So it's changed since then. Okay. Now okay. I don't use that as much. I use... Instagram and Facebook ads. So they give me some reach. Okay. Just recently, this is one of the main things, the best investment I've done. I'm on my second month is a texting community software. Okay. So there's different programs out there. We actually use one that's called community and they're not paying me. So y'all can tell them. (laughs) I'm not getting paid off this one either guys. So you can go ahead and tell Community is a way for people to um, engage with you easier than uh, like a newsletter campaign. We also send out newsletters, but the open rate goes up and down. People don't check that. People will check their phone and their text messages much faster. That is true. Slowly promoting our texting. We have about 105 people on in our community, we've been on not quite two months. This is a, I just paid for the second month. So we've been on one full month and now we're in our second month. I can send out texts to separate like groups that I can create within the greater community. So if somebody wants to know information about the retreats, I have a whole section for that. I can send them information. Those who wanted to learn more about my yoga teacher training, they could text that and I send out. So I can send out to two, three people, 50 people, the whole thing to just uh, certain demographics. It's great. So okay. it's got me, um, it's got me new clients. It's gotten us uh, uh, people who book retreats, who've booked um, 
private sessions, who've booked uh, our events, all through the texting. To me, that is one of the best marketing tools out there. See, that's I'm glad you shared that because I hadn't heard of community before. So that's good. That's different. Usually people, when I talk to them, they either say they don't do much marketing or they're still trying to figure it out or they're using social media and some do paid ads marketing. You're not in business. Right. Right. I'm sorry that you can't just think that friends and family are going to support your business. So I have a brick and mortar. That means I have to pay rent insurance, elect, well, all utilities, Mm -hmm. right. And team members. Yeah. So I have to make money. I have to make, it's not just because I want to make money. I have to make money just as a baseline to stay open as a brick and mortar. Then right. everything else is extra. So if I were just to to think that my friends are going to always buy yoga packages and deals, I would have been out of business right away because they, mm-hmm. they don't do it. They love you. They might share your stuff on Instagram or somebody says, hey, do you know somebody who does yoga? Oh, yeah. Dawn does it. You yeah. Have- you have to believe and know that your your ideal client is out there. The ideal client is not your friend. They're they're paying customer. Right. And usually people right. you don't know. These are people you don't know. So you <laughs> yeah. have to market. Mm-hmm. You have to market, market, market. So we use Google. I'm still learning SEOs and how that works, but we have a Google presence. I've done a lot by saying um, all the different words. We use our blog to help us, all these things. And yeah, I could learn more. I can be better. But if anything, the texting is about $50 a month for the level that I'm on. And um, yeah, people are engaged. That's good. That's really good. That's very good. So Don, wow, you have shared a lot. I feel like I'm definitely more um, educated when it comes to yoga. And I like how you just explain certain things and how you made it simple for someone who doesn't know anything about it on how to get started. So I think that's important too, because for some people who just don't know, and then for you to share the importance of it and the benefits, that's that's very impressive too, which I knew, but I, I, I like to have an expert come on and, and share that information too. So Thank you for for sharing that with us. And thank you for being a guest on the show. Um, So now what I want to know is if you can share your contact information. So like your, you said you had three pages on Facebook and IG, like just run down your names (laughs) so we can find you. And then also I'm going to put you on the website as well. (laughs) I'm going to keep it simple. Um, So for me, everything is Dawn M. Rivers. Real easy. Dawn M. Rivers on Facebook, Dawn M. Rivers on Instagram, DawnMRivers.com. That's easy. Okay. Okay. And or, we can find your other. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. They can find it through there. And then for Daybreak Yoga, it's Daybreak.yoga. I paid more for the dot yoga. I didn't want a dot com. I was like, this got to be out there. It is. So you can change them stuff up. So cool. dot yoga. Mm-hmm, I know. <laughs> dot yoga. <laughs> is our website um, or daybreak.yoga is our website. Daybreak.yoga is Instagram. Daybreak.yoga is Facebook. So it's consistent. Or you can just put um, Dawn Daybreak Yoga in, in Google and it'll come up. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you, Dawn. Um, okay. So I have one last thing. One yes. last thing. So can you share any last words of wisdom? Do you have anything you want to share and leave with the audience? You know, I'm going to share this affirmation kind of quote that I got from a book I read last year called The Big Leap. It's very good for entrepreneurs. It talks about four zones of geniuses. So you have um, one, like a zone of incompetence, a zone of competence, a zone of excellence, in a zone of genius. And we should work more from our zone of genius Mm. and hire out, especially for the zone of incompetence. So in the book, this is what he, I forget what he calls it, but it's, it's like an affirmation. The affirmation is I expand in abundance, success and love every day 
as I inspire those around me to do the same. I like that. I expand in abundant success and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. That is very nice. That's, yeah, I like that. I love affirmations. I put them on my Facebook page all the time. So <laughs> I meant to take that one. <laughs> it's not mine. His name is Gay Hendricks. It's not mine. Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap, Entrepreneurs, go get that book. We also have a Daybreak Amazon store, so you can go to our website. Scroll yeah. down to the bottom to Amazon. Give me that. the link. I'll post it. I Give will. Seriously, yeah. because we get, it's an, like an affiliate. We get a between 5 and 10%. Every little bit helps. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Give me that link, Don, and I'll, I'll post it with this okay. podcast so it's all accessible together. Okay. Thank you. Yes. All right. Awesome. You're welcome. All right. So I just want to say thank you again, Don. It's definitely been a pleasure. And I'm thinking I'm going to do some yoga when we get off this call just because <laughs> I've been sitting all day. It's like, you know what? I could get up and touch my toes. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It's really nice. And I, I'm joking, but I do do yoga from time to time. I've done it. And it does feel good. Like you just feel this energy that just comes over you and it just kind of does it. You can tell like everything you were saying was true. It does release any tensions that you have and you have clearer thinking and you know, it just, it really does feel good. So I do recommend that anyone who's interested, just dive right in, you know, and she gave the simple steps, you know, get your breathing right and get up, touch toes and stretch. And, but yes. I think it's all good. Drink water. And drink water. That is so major. Yes, definitely. Staying hydrated is key. key. Um, mm -hmm. Most of us walk around dehydrated. So, yes. Yes, yes definitely, definitely. So, again, thank, thank you, you so much. much for letting me share all my stuff on your podcast. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I appreciated it. So, to everyone else, um, thank you all for tuning in. And remember to go and check out ctamarketing.biz where you can read blog posts and also check out this episode as well as past episodes of the Call to Action podcast. You can also support the show by purchasing merch or making a donation so that I can continue bringing you quality content and actionable tips and tricks to help you to navigate this ever-changing world. Also, and remind you all too, if you haven't gotten your copy of my audiobook, QR Codes for Beginners, Go ahead and get that. It's available on the website as well. And then also I want to mention another fellow podcaster. His name is York Campbell, and he is the creator of the Poetic Earthlings podcast. And if you are into science fiction, go and check him out. And also he does audio dramas, science fiction audio dramas. They're very creative, very out of this world and very entertaining. And I also do voice work with him. So you will you will hear my voice as a talent in some of his podcasts. I do voice acting with him and his team. So it's a lot of fun. So make sure you check it out as well. And you can find that on PoeticEarthlings.com. So this concludes episode 45 of the Call to Action podcast. And to all of the entrepreneurs, self-starters, authors, small business owners, remember the code. The journey begins when you take the first step. Courage, optimism, determination, and enthusiasm are the tools that will help you along the way. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Call to Action podcast. Make sure to visit me at ctamarketing.biz. There you can find articles for entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Until next time.